Hello everyone, my name is Major and welcome to episode 18 of The Heat Code. In today's episode, we are going to be breaking down Miami's 144-115 to win against the Charlotte Hornets. Now honestly, this game was a lot closer most of the game than the final score indicates. The Heat dominated the second and fourth quarters, while Charlotte barely won the first and third quarters. This game was rather close until Miami just busted it open in the fourth quarter, winning that quarter with a score of 42-18. to 18. That quarter was non-competitive, and that really set the tone for the whole entire game. And it makes it seem like the Heat dominated this game from start to finish due to the massive score differential. When in reality, the game was actually pretty close, and there was a lot of good moments in this game and a lot of takeaway from it. So we'll jump in to my thoughts on the game and what I thought stood out and what things I would like to see in the future. Now we have to start out by talking about the offensive output from the whole team. 144, 144 points is going to be the second highest point total in Miami Heat history and the highest point total in a non-overtime game. Now, we can attribute this to Charlotte having an absolutely atrocious defense. I don't even think they care about defense. I don't know if they just try to outscore people or if they're just trying to make the most entertaining basketball for their fans that they can and just want high-scoring games and keep people entertained. But this defense is atrocious, and it honestly is like a smudge on NBA basketball. They don't even contest every shot. They'll stand five feet away from shooters and let them get wide open shots. I can't tell you how many shots Duncan had that were just wide open. And even though he is having a worse year than he normally does, he's still one of the best three-point shooters in the NBA. So maybe you should guard him and not let him have like 10 feet to take a shot. It's absolutely embarrassing for the Hornets and the NBA to have teams that just flat out don't care about defense like this. They are just the worst defensive team I think I've ever seen in my life. On top of just 144 points, the Heat also were reigning in three after three. They finished with a franchise record of 23 three-pointers in this game, and they shot 54.8% shooting 23-42. Duncan Robinson had a breakout game, 7 of 11 from 3. Hero, once again, having a great game from 3, 6 of 10. Caleb Martin was 3 of 3. Struess, even though he didn't have a massive game, he still was 3 of 5 from the 3-point range. And Jimmy was 2 of 4 from the 3-point range. And then you had P.J. Tucker hitting another 3, which really helped as well. And then Mulder had the last 3. Now, that note on Jimmy Butler hitting another game with multiple threes, and I hinted at this last time, I think a big difference in it is the type of threes he's taking. He's now getting wide open looks instead of waiting till the end of the shot clock. He's getting open looks. He's taking them whenever the defense gives them to him. So he has a better ball flight, better rotation, better arc. Just overall looks like a more confident jump shot. And if you watch the game and rewatch the highlights, you'll notice Jimmy on pretty much every three he took, it was wide open 
Um, I think Plumlee was actually on him for both of the threes he made, and Plumlee honestly just was not close. He was too worried about getting blown by, and he knows the team he plays on. He knows he's not getting that help defense, so he has to be more worried about the drive against a poor three-point shooter. But this is still an encouraging fact for the Heat because if Jimmy can make the open ones, people can't sag off of him that much. They can sag off of him when he's not making his threes and dare him to shoot it and clog the paint. If he's making the wide open ones, they have to come up and at least put a hand up. So that opens him up for a drive or a kick to another player in the paint to then go out for their easy bucket more one-on-one instead of having to deal with help defense. So even though this was an offensive output from the Heat and it was absolutely incredible to watch, loved watching them rain in threes, I think we can attribute this more to the Charlotte Hornets' defense than anything else. Now, we might play the Hornets in the first round, and if we do, this defense is going to make them lose the series in no more than five games. Now, they're a great offensive team, and so they might just go off and win one game, but there is absolutely no way that they can win a whole series, let alone two games against the Heat, with giving our great shooters wide open shot after shot. So great offensive game, but take it with a grain of salt considering the team we are playing against. Now that we talked about the good in the offense, it's crazy to think that we scored 144 points, set a franchise record for threes, and there were still so many things that we could have done better and made this game a lot more non-competitive. There were stretches where we were too loose with the ball And it's almost like they just knew they were playing a bad defensive team, so they weren't taking good care of the ball because they knew even if they did get a turnover, it would be fine. And that in more times than not, they weren't going to have a turnover and it would be okay and it wouldn't hurt the long term of the game plan. Because there were so many times where it was just lazy passes or not crisp passes. Hero had a couple Um, We talk about this all the time. He can get a little loose with the ball, but take it with a grain of salt on that as well because he gets more loose with the ball the more he's feeling it. So we'll take a couple turnovers if that means he's setting career highs in points. Um, He had 35 points overall. So six threes, so 18 of those points coming from the three-point line, but he did not just settle for three-point shots, also attack the paint. So it was good to see him have an overall offensive game. And I just absolutely loved it for him. I can't wait till he hits 40. He might have a chance with these last two games of the season. Um, I suspect that the Heat will start resting people because we pretty much have the one seed locked up. So expect Hero to continue having the chance to score 40 points. And honestly, against the Hawks, another bad defensive team. And then against the Magic, who are once again just one of the worst teams in the NBA. He will have a legitimate shot at 40 points, and I think he'll get it. Another player I want to highlight is going to be Bam. 22 points, 9 rebounds, and another efficient game of 7 of 10 overall from the field. He was also playing good defense, interior defense, and I just can't say this enough. Bam is the defensive player of the year. People are going to try to talk themselves out of giving it to Bam for whatever reason. Now, Smart is obviously a really good defender, and he's a great guard defender and might be the best in the NBA. 
but no one is better at defense than Bam Adebayo and the whole NBA. He can guard one to five. He can guard centers in the post. And he can guard guards at the three-point line. Guards can't shake him, and if they do get past him, get a step on him, a lot of times he'll erase that shot with a block. He is the defensive player of the year. You can't talk yourself out of it. You can try to look for anything you would want to find to take Bam out of it, but in every single number, he's up near the top of the league. And no one, like I said, guards one through five like Bam. He is the whole reason this Heat defense can function the way it does and switch so much. If we have Rudy, for example, we can't switch as much. Rudy can't guard on the perimeter as well as Bam can. He's not an elite perimeter defender. And no disrespect to Rudy or Smart or any other player that's in the conversation. They're all great defenders, and they deserve their love too, but Bam is the clear-cut defensive player of the year. Now, next up for the Miami Heat, we do play the Atlanta Hawks on Friday. And if we win this game, we lock up the number one seed in the East. And like I mentioned earlier, they are a horrible, horrible defensive team as well. So we should have a good offensive game and be able to just end this. Anytime we play a bad defensive team, it should be almost a guaranteed win for the Miami Heat. Because couple that with our great defense... And if we're getting open looks on the offensive end, we have more than capable shooters to just knock in open shots. As well as whenever we start hitting threes, then you have to worry about Bam and Jimmy and all of our guys in the post. And that, even if we aren't making shots, is still hard to deal with. We are the most switchable team on offense and defense in the NBA. We can do anything on both ends of the court. I seriously don't see a massive weakness in this team, and they seem to be playing their best basketball coming towards the playoffs. Now, anytime you play the Atlanta Hawks, you do have to worry about them having a massive offensive output, similar to the Charlotte Hornets. So I kind of say the Hawks are a better version of the Hornets. The Hawks in a playoff series, I could see them winning two games, off the Miami Heat, I don't see it going to seven. Um, similar to the Hornets, their defense is just so bad. I don't think they could win more than two. But Trey Young is more than capable of winning the Hawks any game. We saw this last year in the playoffs. He carried them throughout the whole playoffs, and they made the conference finals, and they were making some noise. But I do think that that will not happen again in this playoffs. And they are in the mix in the play-in tournament, so they could be a 7 or an 8 seed, depending on how the standings finish up in the East. I wouldn't mind playing the Hawks in the playoffs, and I wouldn't mind showing them what is going to happen in this game if we do play the playoffs. I would love to just dominate this game from start to finish, so I'd love to have a first quarter where we absolutely dominate them and lock them down on the defensive end and then score like 40 points on the offensive end and just set that precedent for the whole game. I would like to flip the script of this Hornets game, so instead of pulling away at the end, I would love to pull away at the start and just take all of the stress out of this game and just show them that we are a class above them. Like I said, though, just watch out for Trey Young. If he gets going, you can never count out the Hawks. 
They have a lot of offensive pieces around him too, so you can't just leave them open. We are going to have to be locked in on the defensive side and show some heart and some effort to win this game. And with all this being said, I just want to say thank you for listening once again. Um, find me at Twitter at Major underscore Passons. Passons is spelled P-A-S-S-O-N-S. Or if you want the show-specific Twitter, it's at The Heat Code. Let me know what you think. Let me know anything you want to talk about in this podcast um, in future episodes before the playoffs. I am going to do like a little mailbag to where y'all can ask questions in my DMs or in replies, and I'll answer them before the playoffs. So I already got a couple questions, but I would love to hear some more. So shoot me a DM, shoot me a reply on one of my tweets. Um, if there's something you want to hear me talk about or my ideas about a certain thing. So share it with your friends. Let me know what you thought and have a good day. Let's go heat.